Welcome into House of Wrestling, everybody. It is me, Nick Hausman. Take your shoes off at the door. Please put your coat on the coat rack. We have a whole array of food here at the table. It's a great spread barbecue, uh, mashed potatoes, cauliflower. I made our good friend, my guest here, sitting in the living room today in the House of Wrestling, a traditional American Midwestern buffet. It is our very good friend from across the pond. It is Inside the Ropes, Kenny McIntosh. Kenny, thanks for coming here in the house of wrestling today it's a, it's a very nice house it smells good the the catering has been off the charts so i'm a happy man yeah i'm actually making ribs tonight so i had ribs on the mind <laughs> oh no. i mean of course there's real ribs yeah. here of course oh just done just just finish cleaning up yeah well uh kenny i'm very happy to have you here today we got a big show to get into before we talk a little bit about why kenny's here what we're going to be talking about uh, i want to let you know just this morning Dropped this interview with Joey Janela on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. Uh, you know, I'm a, a big Joey fan. I haven't caught up with him in a while. He did this ridiculous Florida man uh, prank on Hulk Hogan. Did you see the Florida man prank, Kenny? I, I did. I did. As a, as a former Hulkamaniac, I, I really appreciated the taking any excuse to take the piss at Hulk Hogan, I think, is something we want to see in 2023. Spoiler alert. He told me in this that. About halfway through his performance, they found out it was Joey. Like, there's a moment where there's like a realization where Hulk Hogan realizes he's getting pranked, and I think allowed Joey to eat some of his blackened salmon off of his plate in this moment <laughs> of delirium. You know, it's great. I, wow. I, I like the thing is, it's so clever to do it, right? Because Joey obviously gets his name out there, gets people talking. It's very clever. So, well, good yeah, on. Well, we talk all about that. We talk about him wanting CM Punk to watch the Rocky movies. I mean, we really talk about some hard-hitting stuff. So that is up right now on the House of Wrestling podcast feed. And, uh, of course, let's see what else do I have here at the top. Uh, we want to send our congratulations to Corey Graves and Carmella, expecting their first child. And we want to extend our congratulations to Gunther and Jenny, who are now officially married. And that, that's some nice UK news to start the, to, the show off here today. Did you see Gunther's dance moves? At, his, at the wedding? No. Oh, yeah. It was on Twitter. Like, he was doing, like, a, a, a an Indian dance uh, with Jenny. And he was he was letting loose. He was going for it. Oh, I so, don't doubt it. He's a professional wrestler. He's great with his body. Body control, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I like to... Because, you know, we, we all during COVID, right? We all put on a bit of weight at COVID, right? It happened to the best of us. Sure. You look at Gunther and you think, there's hope for everybody. Look at him now. And look at what he used to look like. Like, that is... It's obscene how well he's done. Oh. To, you know, he just looks incredible. So oh, so happy for him. You want to talk about ridiculous Jordan Grace. Holy God. She's a different human being than a year ago. <laughs> yeah. She uh yeah, she's I mean, she's she's got the bodybuilding going on, she's done the wrestling, she's she's kicking she's kicking ass on all fronts, so good for her as well. All right. Well, hey, uh, before we get it, we got I'll bring up Jordan Grace here just a second again. But before mm -hmm. we get to the kind of news of the day, the reason Kenny is here today. Well, other than the fact that great guy would love to talk pro wrestling news with him. Uh, starting this week, you can also start to find me not just here on Premier Streaming Network, where we are watching House of Wrestling right now, Tuesday and Thursday, noon Eastern. Uh, once a week, I'll be on Inside the Ropes as well, doing interviews, talking to people. This week, I'm going to have Teddy Long hot off of the WWE draft, where he drafted for not just SmackDown, but also Raw on night one, which I didn't really understand, Kenny. Why was that? I still don't really understand the draft in general, and from the sense of, so who is making the picks? Yeah. Like, like I, but you know what? It's maybe it's one of those things where if you think about it too much, it just hurts your head. So it's better to just, you know, go with it. But Teddy Long, I mean, the guy's had a heart attack before his wedding on TV. The guy has, uh, you know, managed Doom. He's done everything in wrestling. So hopefully, he's got some some good tea from uh, being backstage at Raw. I'm sure he will. I'm sure you, if anything can get out of him, it's you. Well, he's going to be sharing space. He shared space with JBL and Eric Bischoff. So I'm sure there's something that was said. Yeah. In one of those. I want to know how high he got with RVD. I would think that Teddy and, and Rob blazed. I think they probably had, I think they smizzed in the back. <laughs> we, we did a UK, a UK show with Van Damme in October and, uh, and he turned up to the show and he'd like had some vitamins, you know, to keep himself, Hi, and um, and he was just he was so blitzed, and I'm going. We're on stage in like ten minutes. Are you good? And he was like, Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. To- totally fine. And then he was like, he just looked a bit dazed. And then as soon as he got on stage, he just did like a 10 minute monologue on why cannabis is good for you. Yeah. And why you should be pro cannabis. And then, you know, to be fair, he, to- he told a really good story about the big show shit in his pants. So it came full circle. That's amazing. And I bet it was because Big Show was so relaxed because he'd been hanging around. Rob Van Dam and had gotten a secondhand high from however Rob smelled that day. And then I, I, I later that month, because I was like, you know what, Rob is, he's won me over with this, this, this uh, way of thinking. And I, we had a Halloween party in my house and somebody was there who was a wrestler and they were like, hey, do you want a, a Haribo gummy? You know, a Haribo gummy, which was, you know, Anyway, it's a Haribo gummy, and I decided, why ha- not? Is a hat is a Haribo gummy? Is that like a gu- is that gummies with weed in it? Is that what that is? Yes. Well, it, but there's a brand of candy called it's H A R I B O, but in my accent, that's butcher so Haribo. Haribo. Um, but it's obviously laced with weed. So um, I decided to have one, but instead of having half of one, I just take it, and I'm dressed as Beetlejuice. And fantastic. 30 minutes later, I was lying on my kitchen floor trying to swim and then vomiting. So wow. I think I took too much is the answer. Okay. Wow. See, you hang out with Rob Van Dam one time, you wind up on the floor covered in vomit and horrible gummy bears. <laughs> it's so, it goes. Sometimes I feel like I share too much, but that's that's my problem. No, not at all. See, like you said, I'm very good about pulling things out of this people. is it. See what you've done. <laughs> do this exact same thing oh. i'm gonna do this with teddy long as well here this is why we've got you this is this, for this reason so that you Dang can you. you can because you 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 have a way you have a way with when you interview people you you ask things that are just it's, you've got a, you can get away with it lots of I people can't get away with it i don't want to give away again the whole janela thing because i wonder if people check it out but there's a good oh. two minutes where i get him to talk about brian knob's butthole and it's uh <laughs> You talk about pulling the good stuff out of somebody, getting them so candid where they almost like, you know, regret what they're talking about. That one walks up to the line. So I was going to I was going to shit again. I'm not going to. But it's your fault. OK, hey, we're not going back and forth. This isn't Jaws. We're not on a boat. We don't have to compare scars. It's fine. We've got stories and we have a lot to talk about here. So before we get to all the news, because we are going to talk about the draft here in a bit, which you brought up. I wanted to talk about the big UK news. Obviously, there's two huge shows coming up here in the UK very shortly. Uh, AEW is going to go all in at Wembley in August. And then on July 1st, WWE is going to be bringing money in the bank uh, over to London. Uh, How does it feel for you guys to finally be getting so much love again from all the major promotions, Kenny? Finally. It's it's very funny to me that, like, it took AEW so long to do a show here that CM Punk had walked out. And by the time they do a show here, he'll be back. That's amazing. It's full circle. Mm-hmm. I'm hopeful we're going to get to see Sting. I think this is a great thing because if you're a WWE fan, WWE are absolutely going to do something after this to do something big again because they're going to want to make sure that people know that they're like, you know, the number one. AEW, I think. My number, I think they're going to do at least 60,000 tickets. That's sure. my prediction. At least. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be huge. I'm very excited. about. I'm going to be there. I bought my tickets this morning. I got the... I, see, I, Nick, I, I pay for my tickets, so I, I contribute to to the game. So I I'm, I, bought, I was on there, Fight TV, access code this morning, got my tickets. Good for you. Good man. I don't have my ticket yet. You know, I'm, I'm wondering. It's a lot of money. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to go to Money in the Bank, but it's going to be... I think it'll be... A, I think I'm expecting 90,000. I think they'll sell it out. Why wouldn't they? Every time that AEW has gone out and picked some big arena or tried to do a big show... Mm-hmm. They always sell it out, right? Like, so why not just let's let's push it to the max? Let's put ninety thousand seats out there. AEW fans are insane. Like, if they see that for some reason this isn't getting there, people will mortgage their homes to make the trek and make sure Tony Khan can put out a, a nice tweet about ninety thousand. I think they're going to fill the place. Do you think? Do you think they bring in more? Na- so obviously we know Punk's coming back, or we assume he's coming back. Sure. Do you think? He's going to bring in more names to try and stack that show. Goldberg, like. Goldberg would be interesting for sure. Uh, is Goldberg a huge draw in the UK? Um, I mean, I think it's, I think, I think the thing is when you're doing a show like this, everything kind of helps, right? Because sure. any, I think anybody who was big in the, in, in the day 
because it used to be that explaining this to non-UK people is always tough. So Nitro used to be on like a, if you had the basic cable package, you got Nitro. It was on the TNT, which was basic. But you had to pay like the sports package to get WWE shows. So I feel like a lot of people saw WCW. Uh, Molly Spartan, the, the Scottish wrestler who went viral a few weeks ago for chucking a woman off a balcony. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she got into wrestling through Goldberg on Nitro. So a lot of people in the UK, I think, were able to watch Nitro. And then a lot of reasons that they got into WWE was it went on like a network station in 2000. So I think that there will be a lot of people who who, who like Goldberg. And he's not wrestled over here since like 99, I think. Yeah. So. It's been, well, and I think if you're going to do him, if you're going to bring Goldberg in, I would do him with Max. I'd do him with MJF, right? I don't. I don't, re- I, I don't really know what else to do with him there. I wouldn't put him with Wardlow. That seems like it would fall apart pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, I think there's something to Goldberg. I think they've got Jeff Hardy back, right? Yep. Um, you've got Mercedes Monet and uh, Naomi or Trinity in the, in the wings right now. I don't know. I don't know what their limitations are. I've heard there's a chance they may have signed something when they got their WWE release where now they can't go work for AEW for a certain period of time as part of their release. So maybe that's why they're doing impact in, yeah. in new Japan and stardom right now. I don't know if the forbidden door to AEW is locked for them. I don't know if they could show up. At, <laughs> I don't know if they could show up at Wembley uh, or in Toronto for forbidden door, but those are, those are big names that are floating out there. Uh, Drew McIntyre. Everybody seems to think there's something weird going on with Drew, like he's not happy. I don't foresee him popping up at Wembley. That's kind of a fantasy, in my opinion. Yeah. So I don't. I don't really know. I, I'm. I, I would just think they want their full health. They want the Hardy Boys there. They want Punk there. They want Adam Cole there. Like you said, Sting. They want everybody healthy on deck so they can finally put on a kind of big ticket show. I think that Tony wishes he'd been doing more of it had he had everybody on the same page and healthy. You know. It'll be interesting as well because as of now we don't. It's not a pay per view, right? As of well, it's going to be interesting because they're going to do that, and then they're gonna, the next week they're going to turn around and do all out in Chicago. So it sounds. I would think both of those have got to be streamed in some capacity. I don't know how you don't. There's they're huge marquee events for the promotion. Well, the only thing because was it is it not there was a tie in to a hundred years of Warner Brothers. That was one of the mm. things. So maybe it's going to be like it's going to be on TBS or TNT that weekend. And I, I mean, you would think they could get a deal in the UK. I mean, they could put it on fight easily. You know, if they did sure. it as a, a European pay-per-view. I mean, as someone who lives in the UK, if Tony Khan is watching this, you don't know what you do to us because you, the shows don't finish till 5.15 a.m. <laughs> so, like, if, we, if there's a chance that people can buy this show and watch it on a Sunday at 7 p.m., I mean, it'd be great. So, and I think you'll find a lot of people will buy it because it's it's an easier time. People who've got kids, you know, they could let their kid watch it till ten and go, yeah. go to bed. So yeah, I think I think even if it's on TV in the US, I think getting it on a pay per view model in Europe is key. Now, I uh, I think I think it would be interesting to do it on TV. I hadn't thought of them doing it for free in the states. It would certainly it would I think do very very well. I do think that we'll find out more about that possibly then at the upfronts on may 17th it seems as if tony is doing a good i think i don't want to give too much praise here but i think tony's doing a good job at the moment of trying to get everything in line uh so that he's going to roll everything out at once i'm i'm predicting like collision maybe an update on the wembley show maybe maybe a big press release about how much money they're getting for the the tv rights renewal i i I mean, there's just so much that I'm hearing like about behind the scenes right now about what all is being built. It, it, it doesn't feel like several individual things. It feels like a lot of little things that are actually like one big thing. It feels like the parts of a car engine coming together is what it feels like to me. I mean, for, for me as a per- personal viewer of AEW, the thing that I think has been interesting is I feel like when Tony bought Ring of Honor, things started to feel not as organic as they had before that i think there was so much stuff being put on AEW tv of you know ring of honor stuff and new japan stuff and everything else and then obviously we had the punk situation in september it does feel like he's trying to rebuild a lot of stuff and he's trying to um get everybody back on the same page i just hope that whatever's happening with punk um that if he comes back 
there's no chance for a blow up again. Like, just have it ready that like everybody knows we're all playing for the same team here. We're all earning a lot of money. Do what you need to do. You know. I don't think we're there though. I I don't think we will be there come collision time. Like, I think that the hatchet will not. I think the hatchet will still be like dangling over the ring. It will not be buried. Okay, it, the hatchet very much in play unburied i don't get the vibe that's happening now but who, but who wants the hatchet if the hatchet's still there i mean i i, I mean i me it's, personally i'm way i'm way more a fan of watching punk on tv than the elite that's my personal style of wrestling that i like mm-hmm. and he's a huge star so i get why they're bringing him back i, I think they should but Dude. surely like surely you've got a have some safeguard in place to not let this blow up again. But the safe the safeguard right now is such a tenuous situation where they're going to just try to keep them separate, right? But you can't do that forever. <laughs> you can't do it forever because, like, I brought this up with Meltzer, and I was going to mention it at the end of the show, but spoiler, tomorrow I have an interview with uh, Wade Keller. I'm going to drop on the feed, and he was the one talking all about the Jericho Punk stuff. I've been doing a lot of punk deep dives recently, right? And I, I think that... They're gonna they're gonna try to keep them separate for as long as they can right now. We'll try to do these little mediation meetings, like what they are did they, with Jericho. Sorry to interrupt you, but are they so so collision to June seventeenth, right? That is the prediction as of now. Yes. And then and so the idea is they're on separate shows. Correct. On the, but then, isn't it one week later they'll all be at Forbidden Door? Together? Well, that's a great question, Kenny. What happens at pay per views, right? What happens when Collision and Dynamite have to get together? and do business does one or the other not get booked for the pay-per-view do they had take a pay-per-view off does cm punk have his bus pull up behind the venue isn't allowed in the locker room has to like go from his bus directly to the ring for his match leave go back to his bus never interact with everybody that's a by the way that's a realistic thing that wade keller brought up to me in this talk I'm releasing tomorrow, I'm giving everything away for free on the show here, by the way. <laughs> Why even listen to these goddamn audio pieces that I'm yeah. dropping right now? But, it, dude, it is, it is wild. And from what I can tell, Punk very much wants to get back to work, right? Very much willing to just be like, guys, I'm tired of sitting at home. I don't want to go through another long, litigious court session like I went through with Cabana mm-hmm. and, and Dr. Aman, which took two, three years out of my life. I would rather just show up and deal with whatever we got to do to get back to work, run days off my contract, whatever it may be. I definitely get the vibe that it's the, bu- maybe not so much Kenny, but the bucks that really don't really want to be burying the hatchet or not ready to bury the hatchet as of yet. As there, I mean, again, I'm trying to be as neutral in this as I can be. Sure. So am I, are we not, are, but we're, we're, we're led to believe that punk, eh, the bucks and Kenny Omega are still executive vice presidents, right? Mm. which i've been asking around about that i have not got a firm yes or no on that so with either scenario if they are then punk coming back is best for business they should be accepting it if they are not and they are talent do as you're told tony can's your boss he pays you lots of money do this is it's wild to me that like remember 1997 with brett and sean right which was every week constantly and like they you know they had the fight where you know brett took a clump of Sean's hair out of his head. They were working together on TV the next, or like two weeks, a month later, whatever it was, very soon after it. But I think the, the whole idea here is that people are being allowed to decide what's going to happen. Now, I'm not, none of us were in the room. I mean, I know you were in the building, but you know, none of us were in the room when everything happened. So we're never going to know the exact order of events and what happened. But, you know, to me, Tony Khan needs to be sitting every day down going, I am the boss of this company and I'm telling you, this is what we're doing. Do there, I agree. There are just, there's other mitigating factors here. And I'm not saying any one thing is true or the other, because again, what I'm about to say is laced in speculation and just what ifery, yeah. um, a, a term what I just came term. up with. What, yeah. what ifery, um, what if there is some kind of uh, legal reason people cannot share space? Right. Well, that, that would that would make sense, but then, I mean, again, it's like to me, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But so, pa- Hangman Page makes the comment to Punk in May of twenty twenty two, right? Sure. Nothing. Nothing happens. Punk comes back in August. He makes the retaliation comment. Nothing happens. There's two instances there where they could have shut those things down. Yes. And they were not shut down. Correct. So then we get to 
all out. And I, I am not in any way saying that what part, I mean, you were in the room. I can't even imagine being in the room for that. I would have literally rather than anyone else than being in that room at that point, because it just seems like the most stressful situation to kind of see all that take place. But I'm not defending what he said, but we're now nine months down the line, like, and, and, and it's never been mentioned. So here's the other thing. If Punk comes back, is he's not been mentioned once on TV. He since since all out the last. If you don't go on the internet ever, right? Let's pretend that you're a fan who doesn't go on the internet. You never read magazines. You literally just watch Dynamite in the pay per views. You see Punk hold the belt up high, all out, and in the next show, you're told there's a tournament to determine a new champion. He's never been mentioned again. So when he comes back, how do they introduce it? That's another element of this. Is like. I think I think MJF is the logical person for Punk to come back and feud with. I think that Jericho. I don't know that Punk wants to work with Jericho. Uh, I I think that may have been more of just a clearing of the air or preparing to possibly share locker room space with one another. Conversation. If I had to guess, again, a wonderful bit of what ifery here from Nick Houseman today. Um, but I don't I don't I don't foresee that. I think Max is the right person for Punk to come back and feud with. He's kind of a neutral party in all of this, right? And, and it's somebody that people would get into. So I think that's a good way to go about it. Um, where we're at now um, is this weird passive posturing phase. And that'll bring me into uh, Trinity uh, made her debut at Impact Wrestling this past Friday here in Chicago. Along with that came the cavalcade, like the entourage for her, <laughs> like Impact Wrestling. Hide your macaroni uh, grill uh, catering plate. I mean, you got Mercedes Monet, CM Punk, uh, Tamina Snuka. Sounds like Bully Ray was there. This is all PW Insider and Fightful here. And uh, Punk gets there, according to PW Insider, warmed, uh, welcomed warmly by the locker room, had people coming up to him, telling him how they inspired his career. You got Jordan Grace taking the selfie, Ricky Morton taking the selfie. Uh, he played Uno with someone, according to Fightful. That's a that's a story now. Like. <laughs> That's a, that's a story. That's where we're at in the CM Punk news cycle. So I, I have a question related to Punk that I want to ask you, but I don't know if I'm allowed to ask you. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Go okay, for it. so from what you know, or your your dealings or interactions with certain Mr. Punk over the years, right? Him going to Raw backstage, him going to Impact backstage, based on where everything is right now, do, do you think he was tr he's trying to fuck with AEW? Or do you think there's... Do you think he's trying to make amends with people? Like, what's the... I'm trying to figure out the angle here of all of this, and I can't quite come up with it. Well, I, I, Punk, is obvious, Punk is obviously a guy who likes to lead with his gut, right? I think we've all learned that. <laughs> it does seem like this was something that was not planned, right? At least on the surface. Like, if you are to believe the reports coming out of PW Insider and Fightful, and I think the observers even, like, confirmed this, it was like... Punk was flying back from Florida where it looks like he may have had the meeting with Chris Jericho on the flight back, runs into some wrestlers from WWE, not uncommon for people to fly from Florida to Chicago, especially if WWE's going to be doing a Chicago show, which they were doing, gets on the flight. He's already in kind of a hatchet burial kind of mood because it sounds like the meeting with Jericho didn't go poorly. So maybe he's just like, Let's just see if we can't run this out. You know, I, I I mean, I'm serious. I know I know that Punk was very much affected by this whole situation. It's really difficult to become a, a, a very it's a very human thing to become disliked by people in an environment where you're socially trying to be liked. Right. Like it obviously seems like there were people in that company when Punk came in that from previous experiences did not want Punk to succeed for one reason or another. Anyone who did not have previous history with Punk really seemed to like working with Punk. All the young talent. I'm just saying the truth, right? All the young talent, all the people that didn't have WWE backgrounds, they all really seemed to like working with Punk. That's the divide here, right? So Punk goes in, he does this, uh, we're again, what ifery. Sounds like he had this Jericho meeting. Things went fine. Gets on this plane. He's talking to people. They're like, yeah, dude, you're not like a bad guy. And, he, and Punk's like, yeah, I'm not a... You know, if if you think I could go and try to make right some things over there, too, I'd love to do that. Again, leading with his gut. Now he's backstage for 20 minutes. You find yourself face-to-face -face with Hunter unexpectedly. Uh, Miz is there willing to bury the hatchet, and then they asked him to leave. 
I don't really know if that was planned. I don't know if it was posturing. I don't know if what we're hearing about the Jericho meeting going well is a work and it went poorly. And this is how Punk was messing with people. But if you are trying to craft a narrative that I am, this is just a Chicago area show. I visit my friends. I'm trying to just get right with everyone. Showing up at the Impact show the next couple days later is a great way to kind of show an all things is equal type mentality of, well, it's not just a WWE show I went to. It's also an Impact show. And you guys obviously are on good terms with Impact. So why are you making such a big deal about this? So I... I, well, there's, I, also the, there's also the element of, you know, a dead punk when he was getting off that plane in Chicago, text Tony and go, hey, I want to go visit here. Do you mind? And Tony said, that's fine. You, you, d- did he get approval? Did he not? And also the other thing is with, with punk and, and, <clears throat> and the elite is that we've, we've not heard anything from the punk side at all. Like we've not heard his side of it, what happened. We've heard a lot of kind of, uh, what's the word? It nods from the other side of what they think about stuff and what they think about him. So it must be kind of tough for him because he can't say anything or doesn't feel he can say anything. Um, and then this all happens. But yeah, it's it's fascinating. And and I also feel like with the way that wrestling is, you know, we know this, you know, you're, we're in the wrestling game. If We almost just need to hear what happened and move on. Because the fact that it's this whole, like, nobody's talking about what happened and then everybody's forming opinions on it. Because, I mean, as an example, I brought up Brett and Sean earlier from, you know, people fighting. Brett went and visited WWF in April of 99 at the Calgary house show. And he made up with Errol Hepner backstage. Right. You know, so there, are, there is history of people going and visiting other companies. But at the same time, you know, I think Eric Bischoff at that point probably had no thoughts that brett would ever go back so he's like yeah if you want to go see your friends why not but i i think the if tony can approve that is the real question well and two things first of all i think eric's whole approach was kind of do whatever you want there in the late 90s anyway uh, yeah. second of all um I, I i talk a bit about and i don't again i want to give it all away tomorrow in the conversation with wade we talk a little bit about about how much tony khan knew and when so i will couch it there for now um, Look at you giving these teases. You're just like teasing everybody. I got to got to string it all out, Kenny. <laughs> Can't give it all away, but it is addressed and it's uh, it's interesting to say the least. But so what I when I going back to what I was saying, right now we're in this weird place of posturing, passive aggressive posturing because what it sounds like is Punk was advised not to ta- reach out to the elite, possibly for legal reasons, possible for personal elite reasons. We don't really know, but he was advised don't talk to these guys would be bad for you, would be bad for everything if, if you guys were to touch base, at least as of this point. So rat, so it would seem that the elite want this guy to feel like a bad guy. This guy's the bad guy. We want to present him as the bad guy. We're going to go out of our way to present ourselves as the good guy on TV. What they don't want, what they don't want is a loss of power. They don't want to lose control of the narrative. And by Punk going out and showing that he can bury the hatchet, showing that he can be a good guy, showing that people like CM Punk, that is going to piss them off so much i would think on the sole fact that they are now losing control of a narrative they cannot cast this guy as a bad guy if he is projecting that he is a good guy that's why a lot of people want punk to say nothing right now because they want a narrative to be cast about him and so while i do think there is probably a large part of punk that is genuinely going in there trying to bury these hatchets trying to make good i think there is also another part here that is social posturing to try to win whatever war for narrative control is going on in this situation. And to, and to your point earlier to back that up is, you know, you talked about how it's maybe more the Bucks than Omega who are not interested in a relationship with them. Omega did that interview, I think with Sports Illustrated a couple of months ago, where he said, you know, I don't have ill will towards, well, I don't, he didn't say I don't have ill will towards CM Punk, but he basically said, you know, if you're a CM Punk fan, you're an elite fan, we all want to move on. We all want to forget about it. Like, he gave the political answer or whatever, but I don't think the Bucks have even given that. I mean, I don't I don't even know if the Bucks have really done any interviews since they came back in November. They haven't. They, they ha- I, think that, I think they shot themselves in the foot when they came out in Chicago and did the, you know, go to sleep and, like, you know, making – like, yeah. you, you, you lose ground when you do stuff like that. You know, if you're going to sit here and say, don't be a bully, be a star, take the high ground – well, you gotta look yourself in the mirror and do it first. And so like yeah. And then also and then also there's the whole there's the AEW all access show that debuts 
and I was, I mean, I, I really, I like trash TV, right? So I really like Total Divas and Total Bellas and that kind of stuff. It's just really easy watching and I've turned on all access and the Bucks are in it as they should be. They're a big part of AEW. They're, you know, big stars. They should be on the show. But like the way that it was, the way that they kind of talked about it was, oh, this is our first show back. Back from what? Mm -hmm. This is us just back at TV after all out. What happened to all out? There's no mention of anything. So there's this drama that they're trying to sell you on the show of these guys are back after this big thing. But there's no mention of what the big thing is. So it's like you're kind of half telling a story that you can't really tell or you don't want to tell. So it's like, what we do? You know, either it's like either like and that kind of goes to the point of you saying, you know, if you can't stand him and you think he was in the wrong, that's fine. Just don't talk about him. Don't do right. the nods to him that you did in, in that match. But yeah, I mean, I just think going back to your very earlier point, I think everyone can smell a collision of a different kind coming if they don't. I mean, to me, just the first day, get them all in a room. Bring your lawyers in if you need to, if you're Tony Khan. Bring everybody in and go, look, guys, we need to just agree to disagree, shake hands. You know, if you guys don't want to be around each other, I'm not going to force you to work together. But I just need you to be in the same building and accept that we're all here. Well, I'm going to try to use this as a chance to, to pivot a little bit into draft talk. We'll keep talking about this a little bit because I think they kind of weirdly tie in together. So mm -hmm. we did mention the draft earlier, how screwy it was. Seemingly makes no sense at all. Um, <laughs> really none. How do decisions get made? How do magnets work? Who cares? Um, so, you know, Cody's going to be the big fish on Raw. Bloodline's going to continue to be the big fish on SmackDown. Spoiler alert. Um, and I, Cody is already out there spinning the narrative that there's going to be another Roman match. I saw the headlines just this morning. I think it was with comic book. He was talking this morning where he's like, that's still the, the destination. That's still the, the money match people want to see. You know, there's been uh, reports out about them wanting to maybe do Cody and Roman at, at WrestleMania 40, run it back, big rematch. You know, it would be tough to tell that story the same way twice at WrestleMania 40, but it does look like Kenny Omega and the young bucks contracts with AEW come up at the end of this year. If Cody were to even the odds with the bloodline with the young bucks and Kenny Omega, that's a much different storyline going into WrestleMania 40 than what we had at 39. And I think you could retell that story. And if you are so unhappy with CM Punk that you do not want to bury the hatchet and you know, Tony Khan, there's only one action figure that guy ever wanted to own. It was the CM Punk action figure. You're never going to win over that. Maybe you do look at over what they did with Cody. Do all four EVPs. Are they the new radicals from WCW that uh, are like main event radicals? I guess the radicals in the end did largely, except for maybe Perry Saturn, become main eventers, but you get what I'm saying. You know, I, th yeah, I, th I think there's something to that. I think the Bucks and Omega have done pretty much most of the things they can do in AEW already. I mean, the Bucks have won... The tag titles numerous times. They've all, they've all held the trios titles. I think to me, with especially for the Bucks, I think it'll be it'd be interesting to see them in WWE because it'd be a challenge for them, right? They would have to adapt to the WWE style more than because at the moment I, I'm assuming they can kind of just do whatever match they want to do. Like they they've kind of got their own creative license, and they probably wouldn't have that as much in WWE. But yeah, if if if, if the Bucks and Omega came in, it would be huge. I saw a photo yesterday on Twitter, and it was like from. Entertainment Weekly in 2019, and it was like all the AEW people, um, like Awesome Kong, The Bucks, Cody Omega, Jungle Boy, and they're all just like, you know, like Beverly Hills 90210 of wrestling. They were just all smiling, happy, youthful. Yeah. And it's a different company now because you can't do a wrestling company this scale and still be, you know, just the friends company. It can't happen. So. And I've heard from people that say, Nick, you're you're talking out of school. These guys are staying. Trust me, I heard the same thing about Cody Rhodes, and that that guy left. Well, uh, everything can change between May and December, right? Well, you can be you can be staying in May, and then by December you can completely change your mind. And yeah, I mean, I think I think it's impossible to say. It's like with Drew. If Drew's contract is up at the end of this year, everything can change between now and then. Right. Yeah, totally. And, you know, it is interesting with the, the Bloodline uh, Elite talk. It's not like those guys haven't had teases about it as late as this week, as early as this week. You had the Young Bucks out there saying they want to have a match with the Usos before it's all said and done. You got the B in the Elite. 
where they're talking about how the bloodline storyline is better than the elite storyline. They're 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 posture, you know, but that's again, it goes back to this kind of passive posturing. CM Punk, obviously, big move goes to WWE. Everyone goes, oh, my God, what if he's thinking about going back to WWE? But then the elite make these WWE teases and everyone's like, eh. But are they trying to send a signal to Tony that like, hey, we can also cross the line here if we want to play that game and go that way? I am I feel like I, I have way too much thumbtack and red string. I have my <laughs> tinfoil hat strapped, strapped to my uh, tightly to my head some days because i'm i feel like i'm watching things i'm not watching the same story i think that everybody else is watching sometimes just because i think i know a little too much about what could and could not be going on in some of these situations well you know you also you also remember you know the the cody thing as as an example you remember the cody situation you remember everyone thinking there's no way he's leaving then he does leave AEW, so it's like you're you know you're you're just basing it on previous experience and one of the things with the bucks as well i think has been tough for them in the last nine months is that one of the things they were known for is kind of taking the piss out of everything right on being the elite that was their thing and then this huge thing happens that everybody in wrestling is talking about and they can't do any teases on being the elite about it you know really i mean so it's like that took away part of their charm part of what people love about them and they've kind of looked since they came back way more serious than they used to be but they just look they're not enjoying themselves as much anymore and I mean, I could be I could be reading things onto them that I'm just interpreting in, in the wrong way. But I don't get the feeling when I see them that they're like skipping to work happy. You know, it, and, it's a vibe. There's a vibe there, man. And like, there's so many things going on here that, again, two step forward, one step back. Fine, getting space. But what happens at pay per views when these guys have to share space? What happens when you have to start splitting rosters where people get decided like, oh. The, if I'm friends with the elite, I get to work Wednesdays. But if I'm not, then I have to work Saturdays. And if I work Saturdays, that means I lose indie dates. That me- means I lose out on uh, Q&As and, and convention appearances. Uh, because it's a pretty sweet deal if you're on Wednesday nights. Then you got all weekend free to go work indie dates and stuff like that. If you're having to work, it's something for everybody to think about, right? Uh, I mean, the good thing is with Inside the Ropes live shows that I do, I can do them all week long. So if somebody wants to do dates <laughs> during the week, there you, go. you come over, you do Monday to Wednesday with me, you go, go back to... The punk show on the Saturday. I mean, but I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, but if the bunk, if the Bucks have been unhappy already and he's not even there, what are they going to be like when he's back? Well, and there's that. But again, it's like now he's back. You're not in a locker room. But what happens if Punk outdraws them on Saturdays? Which he, he will, will, I think. At points. But it's it's a tough it's a tough deal on Saturdays. But again, their demos are a little bit different. Another thing I'm talking about with Wade tomorrow, spoiler, but like their demo is a little bit different. Punk draws like 35 to 49 year olds. The Bucks are more 18 to kind of, you know, 25 kind of younger demo. Um, Saturdays are a good day for 35 to 44. As somebody in that demo, I'm not going out to bars on a Saturday night as often as I used to. I might stick at home and watch a little punk before Saturday Night Live on a Saturday. But then you know? the other the other thing to bear in mind is so you you and I you and I cover wrestling. So I, I don't know about you, right? But for me, every week I I 100% watch Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, and I make sure and see clips from NXT and Rampage. Yes, that's about all I can get to. And I do this as a full-time job, right? right. So what's going to happen is as soon as the Saturday show comes in, to me, Rampage is off completely. But for my radar, I can't, I'm not going to have time. But for people who have full-time jobs, I guarantee you some people are going to go, Wednesday or Saturday, which one am I going to choose? Because if you've, if you've got your wife or your girlfriend or your husband, or your boyfriend, it's like, well, yeah, we could do a midweek date on this and then I can stay home and watch AEW on a Saturday or the other way around. I just don't think that, as many people as as we think are going to be able to commit to both every single week. And the thing with Punk is, and again, I'm biased because I'm more of that style, but I feel like the Bucks and Omega, they have great matches, but there's not really ever any storylines on TV for you to get emotionally hooked to. Whereas Punk will do stuff that it's very emotionally, you know, taxing to, to kind of, you know, you have to see what he's going to do next with MJF or you have to see the collision with him in Kingston I'm using collision now because that's there. But like, you know, punk stuff is so real or realistic in the way that he does it. I think that he, in some ways, is going to draw people in more than the Bucks might because, you know, you can just wait and see the Bucks on the pay-per-view. You can wait and see them when they have the big match at whatever the next show is. 
and we talk about rosters, right? It's not just the elite that'd be on Wednesdays. You also have the Blackpool Combat Club, which is, you know, no short stack of talent there. Claudio, mm-hmm. Moxley, and Brian Danielson. Um, I hate we got we got five minutes left here. I hate to throw this out there because this is kind of what started the whole thing to begin with. But what do you do about Colt Cabana? Right? Because I have heard you should that, never utter those words again if you don't land second, anything. One second, one second. Hear me out. Hear me. Out. I know. I just hit a. I hit a. I haven't said it in a long time, and I feel like I just. Don't say it in front of me. Don't put me I'm in the sorry. firing lines. Jesus, you drink your spin drip. Um. So like, I've heard that they were gonna do collision Ring of Honor tapings on Saturday, Rampage Dynamite tapings on Wednesday. Right now, they have gone out of their way, or Tony has at least, to say. Well, the reason Cabana's not here is because we want to use him for the Ring of Honor product. Okay, well, now Ring of Honor films on the same day as CM Punk. What happens with Cabana? Oh, all of a sudden, Cabana's on the Wednesday crew, and he's no longer part of Ring of Honor. How do you explain that one away? The optics there are terrible, and I fear run the risk of completely reopening this whole effing situation unless people can get their arms around what's going on right now. But then do you not think if you're if you're punk, right, and you want to come back to work, they're like there has to be a compromise in some way from you, right? So Tony might say, look, we're gonna do these separate shows, we're gonna try and keep things apart, but Cabana's on Ring of Honor. He's gonna I don't think Punk cares if Cabana's there. Yeah, I, I think so- I think Cabana will go to Wednesdays and pout with the elite and say, Oh, this is Punk's fault. That's what I think, just like they did the first time. Yeah, I do I do fear that that's what's gonna Well here, here's a question. I mean, I know you don't know this, but let's just it's a good thing to to think about. So Wednesdays are going to be the Elite and BCC. Saturdays are going to be CM Punk and FTR. Which and possibly show, Jericho, I think. And possibly Jericho. What show or what side, I guess, does MJF pick? I think he's a floater, right? Kind of like uh, Brock Lesnar or the other free agents to work to draft back in. I think that I think the championships would what might be more versatile. Maybe mm-hmm. you keep the Intercontinental. One uh, on one brand, maybe put the TNT title on another one. But I think that the yeah, I think that the top men's title will probably be a floater, and I think the probably the top women's title. Do you think? Do you think are are AEW going to actually on TV give us like a full? These are split rosters. This is the roster for Wednesday, or is it going to be more of a you just tune in and see? I'm getting the vibe. It's going to be a a more than soft split. I I think they're because I've heard I've heard. There's going to be a lot of hirings here pretty soon to flush out two distinct rosters. And that, to me, says they're going to be two distinct rosters. I mean, I think they've got more of a... It's because, you know, WWE just did the draft on Friday and, and yesterday. And, like, I was looking through the drafts today when I was podcasting, and it's like, I, I don't think they have enough for these two separate rosters to no. run through a year's worth of storylines. So I think you will end up seeing them back together. But AEW has the opposite problem. that They have so many people that... um I think the, the two shows might benefit them, but I think if they're smart, they make the two shows different. You know, if you're more a fan of high-flying, you know, spot-type matches and just kind of indie show wrestling, then make that your Wednesday show. And then the Saturday, do the the old-school stuff, do the, you know, uh, realistic promo-type stuff and just give people... Don't give them the same of two things because then there's no reason to watch both. Well, real quickly here, just because we only have a couple minutes left, I will throw out a couple names that will be available for anything that anybody wants to do with them. Uh, Alicia Fox no longer looks to be with WWE. She confirmed on Instagram that she is now employable. Noted she started with the company from 2006. Her run ended in 2023. Uh, Leva Bates, no longer with AEW, exited the company after four years. Her contract has expired. She was, uh, uh, you know, remember as Blue Pants in NXT, she had a, a mild run as the librarian in AEW at best. But, man, behind the scenes, uh, you've seen Leva at these events. I'm, when we, I'm when we, shocked. When we, when we did our, um, our plaques for Inside the Oaks magazine and we got you know plaques sent to AEW, Leva was who we worked with, and she made sure that everybody you know got photos with the plaques. Like she was great. She was really good at helping out in, in every way. So, yeah, she's going to be – I think she's going to be missed. I'm shocked. I thought she was a lifer there. I really thought she, because she did literally anything they asked her to do with like a smile on her face. She was just happy it, to be a part of it, you know? But then it, it can be that you join something that feels more like a mom and pop project. I think that's what you guys call it over there. Like, and now it's a corporation, essentially. So like things change and maybe she just 
wanted to, you know, do something else because I mean, she had changed that her roles were mainly about being behind the scenes, right? Rather than being a focal point. So I don't think it was her decision to leave. I'll believe it at that. Really? I'll leave it at that. Leave I'm looking at I'm I've I have begun texting this morning because I was a little like I, oh, yeah. I was surprised about it. I was surprised about it. So I'll, I'll hopefully have I feel like I feel like before we go today though, you should tell people that you've got Wade Keller tomorrow. Because I feel like you're Okay, one second, one second. I got plugs here. I got plugs for days. Give me a moment. Last thing here, Richard Holiday, uh, most marketable. He's in remission. He officially came back at Beyond Wrestling. I just wanted to say congratulations to, to Richard Holiday. Great talent. Hope he lands on his feet wherever he's a free agent. He's very, 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 very good guy. All right. Outro. Yes. Tomorrow. House of Wrestling on my podcast feed. We are going to have uh, Wade Keller from PW Torch. Uh, I, this kind of completes the series of uh, interviews I had with people that were breaking all the news. I talked to Sean Rossap two weeks ago. I talked to Dave last week. This week we have Wade Keller. I wanted to talk to Mike Johnson as like the fourth in the trifecta to kind of wrap it all up. Mike told me politely he doesn't do non-PWI p- uh, podcasts. So there you go. That's why that didn't happen. I that love Mike so much. I, I mean, love only, him too. Only Mike could have that website be, you know, the way that it, the way that it, that it looks – and you know it's so good that he's able to Damn. keep to to be as big as he is. It's, he, he's the best. He got my eight bucks. I I finally cracked. and got the PW Insider Elite because I need to get those scoops to write the news. You so, can't you can't wait six hours for it to go up on free. Well, but pay. I also I, I want to source it correctly. I got to yeah, see it. Of course you, know, you do. You don't want to you don't want to go like because because that's the thing now with wrestling. It's like you get people who. Uh, purport, who report news from another party, but you're like you can't really just accept. I'm not going to name anybody, but you know, you can't just accept somebody. You have to get it from the source directly. So you're, you're doing the right thing, Nick. You're a professional. Thank you. Thank you. Speaking of professionals, holla holla playa. Teddy Long inside the ropes tomorrow. So we're going to have Wade House Wrestling inside the ropes tomorrow. Uh, exclusive interview with Teddy Long talking all about his involvement with the draft, what it was like backstage. There's a lot of reports about how creative is changing right now. I was just kind of gleaning the Observer report this morning about how uh, things were very chaotic last this the past two days during the draft. A lot of decisions being made. Uh, I want to hear from Teddy how things were backstage. Who was running the show? What was that whole process like? That'll be like tomorrow uh, on Inside the Ropes. Uh, go find uh, itrwrestling.com. And, uh, of course, um, I will have, I'll be back on Thursday here on Premier Streaming Network, where I am every Tuesday and Thursday with brand new episodes of House of Wrestling. And I will be joined by Andrew Zarian from Wrestling Observer and uh, Matman podcast, another notable voice in the space who's been breaking a lot of news all about the stuff we've been talking about here today. I've been trying to do House of Wrestling shows that are not 100% about the CM Punk AEW situation. That's why I usually start with, hey, let's talk a little bit about Wembley. But then it's like, well, what's Punk going to do on the Wembley show? And psst, 40 minutes go by. There we go. So whatever, that's what we do here. Um, Kenny, anything you want to plug, promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Um, I, well, I mean, we've got a magazine inside the notes magazine.com. You can check out our magazine. It is in select Barnes and Noble stores in the US, but you can also order it from our website. We do ship from the UK, but unfortunately, because Donald Trump decided to kill the US Postal Service, it does take about a month and a half for it to get to you. I do apologize if I could fix it, I would. But we do digital copies as well, so you can just get it straight away. I just did an interview with Dominic Mysterio for the next issue of the magazine. Um, which is really good. My 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 goal was in every interview he tends to kayfabe his answers and say terrible things about Ray. So my goal was to not allow that to happen. So I was weaving in and out to get to the the good bits. So I think it was a it was a worthwhile experiment. Um, and then yeah, you go itrwrestling.com is where we you know work with Nick. We report on all the news. We make sure we only report we only source reputable reports of wrestling news. We do not. Uh, put out speculative reports from Twitter accounts that don't have any verification. So, um, yeah, join us over there as well. I'm sure there's more stuff, but I mean, I could tell you that Gangrel's coming to Glasgow for an Inside the Ropes live show, but I mean, I don't know how many people in the Premier Streaming Network are in the Glasgow area, but if you are, Gangrel, July 16th. Okay, there you go. And I was trying, I have a, oh, here it is. I found it. You want to see how hard I am? This okay. is, uh, this is my, this is my, uh, my my photo with Dominic Mysterio, and one second, let me find it. Here it is. Look at this. Look how look how hard I am. Right. <laughs> look at that. He looks. You would, like, I, that interview that you did with him is one of my research points for the interview that I did with him because 
it was like he he was always trying at every point to stay in character. It's just that trying to bat it out of him. You know, he's been in because he it, it was good. And and I and look, you held your own with a guy who's been in jail. So it stands you good for any future press conference appearance. After it was over, he stabbed me. It was really <laughs> it, was, it was I was like, hey, thanks for the time. And he was just like right between the ribs, fucking burst along. It was awful. So you, you've survived worse. I have, I have. Kenny, Kenny knows I've lived a, a, luff, a rough, a rough, 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 <laughs> hard life, rough. Bunch of what ifery going on here. Hey, you know what? It's been great. I got takeout boxes for the ribs and the mashed potatoes. You guys help yourself on the way out the door. Grab your coat, shoes at the door. Thank you so much for dropping by House of Wrestling, everybody. You're welcome back anytime. I don't know. I don't know if that's a StreamYard thing because sometimes the input works, but StreamYard, like I said, tried to compensate for audio. Okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. Everyone has leapt into the room, Phil, and they say it's working. Phil's mic is working. Are you seeing this? You seeing this? Yes. You seeing this? It's working. It's working. Okay. God damn. All right. And straight cash, leave all the levels. We're good now. We, I, we did not change anything. We've just sat here. I, I went and toggled some buttons over there, and uh, that's what happened here. So wait, we're good now. So we're gonna try this one more time, Phil. We're not gonna take. We're not gonna do this for very long because I've never felt more uncomfortable in my entire life right now than this. Are very we? Are, are we just gonna do the Wayne World now? Just. <laughs> 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 Welcome to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Uh, come take your shoes off. Take your jacket off. We have an actual human being in an actual real house here tonight at the House of Wrestling. It's our good friend Phil Lindsay here. Everybody go, yay! Everybody say yay in the chat room here. Wherever you're watching, you can just write yay right now to do some live interaction. Phil, wow. Thanks for joining us, man. This hasn't been a weird, awkward... Not at all. Not in any way. Whatever this thing is happening right now. Uh... I want to appreciate. I want to say thank you to everybody in our comment section. That's so lively here tonight. Shortly before we went live on the air tonight, we were dealing with some tech issues. We've never gone live on the air with House of Wrestling, but everybody worked with us in the comment section. And we figured it out as a group, which is really that's what I want House of Wrestling to be about. I want it to be that big group effort. You know? Yes. Wow. <laughs> Swing. So that was another Wayne's World reference. So we're going to uh, kind of talk about Raw. Um, Phil and I did not really watch Raw. We were just talking and hanging out. We kind of talked about this a little before we went on the air. So we we kind of roughly know what happened, like yes. build the backlash. We got some of the draft stuff over here. But we were just really just largely hanging out. And a lot of what we were talking about, Honestly, with like AEW stuff, we were like, we've never really has like sat and like <laughs> talked and like hung out face to face. And we were, well, I mean, like, this is the thing we were most, we were talking mostly about the punk situation, honestly, watching, watching Raw the whole time. Yes. Um, I, if, if anybody, anybody has accusations of my podcast that we are AEW fans, then I don't know if uh, that helped my case here. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not saying it was good or bad. I'm just saying we were diving deep into the world of AEW and the, and and the things that we find interesting about it. You yeah. know, especially at this very pivotal time right now. Very yeah. distracting. I mean, I mean, there were interesting things about Raw tonight. There were some odd decisions that was kind of like, all right, like why are we drafting our women's champions on different brands when I I don't know. Uh, it seemed like you started a Shinsuke storyline with Karrion and then you put those guys on separate brands. So I, I guess that's still happening. I don't know. Well, but that's the thing is like, we were kind of talking about the Shinsuke Karrion cross stuff. And like, I think they just wanted to see if these guys were good to go. Right. Maybe like, I think it's Shinsuke's thing. Like there was maybe an injury is getting over. And with cross, I think they were just kind of like, eh, do we kind of like, do we like cross? I think they're just on the fence. Yeah. Cross. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff on the show that was kind of like, all right, we're going that. And they're like going, like waiting a year to acknowledge the Rollins stuff and go, he's been waiting for a rematch all this time. And now he's finally getting into it with bloodline stuff. That, that kind of should have happened a long time ago. Like the, the Royal Rumble match was over a year ago now. Yeah. By the way, I moved my microphone. I like this better. I can look at you. Yeah. So if you could progress. rotate it, whatever yeah. you want to do. Uh, hey, let's type in a comment here while we're talking raw. Straight, tre or sh 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 s
Cert eight cash. <laughs> straight cash. Is it straight? Well, the T should be whatever. All right. <laughs> I think it's straight cash. Well, I think I'm high. Uh Raw was <laughs> uh cashier says Raw was very confusing, but Seth is being positioned as the guy yeah. again. So now I- I'm fine with it, which is something you did echo when we were talking. Yeah, on. I was happy that at least it opened with, with Rollins. It seems pretty clear he's the front runner to be the new champion. Um, I thought the solo stuff was fine. I thought the ending of Raw was very weird. It was very abrupt, almost like they ran out of time. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to make of that. Yeah, it all like by the time those guys hit the ring and to the, the bell ringing and going on, it, you know, it, it felt rushed, but it also, I don't know, it felt like kind of like a WCW finish where you were like, you know, it felt very much like a WCW finish. They, yeah, they've been doing kind of like the gang warfare finishes now for like the past two weeks, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, Bischoff was back tonight, so let's just uh, maybe it's maybe? his fault. Maybe he's in creative again. <laughs> um, gang warfare very big right now. That came, that that came back on our hunters regime. Hunter, I think, was very much into the stables. I think he likes that a lot. Yeah, um, I I do like LWO. I would like to see them get some wins. I don't know why they lose so much, but I do like the stable a lot. Um, I do like Judgment Day and kind of the form there. And we were talking about like they're kind of like a mismatch stable now like, yeah, like i don't know suicide squad yeah but i think it works for them um i think Rhea's super over the dom stuff is getting a ton of heat um i think it works yeah dom gets a lot of heat ton of heat um well we have a ryan w here in the comment section saying is it safe to say the cody story doesn't work now i think it's i think it's safe to say that as the cody story was it doesn't right or no yeah, uh, the further we get away from WrestleMania, the more I'm just kind of like, why did we not put the title on him? Because I nothing, nothing he's been doing since WrestleMania really has any real momentum to it, and Roman's not there anyway. So why didn't we just give him the win? It's a good question. I I continue to think that they just want to do Roman and the Rock at some point, and they're just willing to keep feeding the beast that is Roman Reigns until they could get to Roman Reigns versus the Rock at some point. But yeah, very. Very, very uh, lackluster here. How they got to this WWE Championship uh, situation there with Cody now, and is it going to be Cody Seth? I get the vibe it's going to be Cody Seth at Night of Champions, right or no? Oh, I hope not. Right? I mean, what? I mean, Cody picks up the win over Brock Lesnar. Seth picks up this win over Omos. Got to figure out who's going to be the first WWE Champion. Cody comes up short again, right? Mm, that doesn't sound good. Why would you want him to lose again? I don't know. Really, adversity, <laughs> really? I guess. I mean, I I don't know why. Why did they do anything? Where are we going? I mean, to send a signal to AEW guys, you come back here, you're gonna have to do the job. Maybe that's why. I'm not sure. I don't know. I I kind of feel like, uh, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with the Cody stuff. I think um, the you could have still did the same storyline with Brock with him as champion. I don't really understand why they didn't just put the belts on him. Um, I don't know. And then you put him on a separate brand from Roman, so. You, you've showed us that you're not going back to Roman anytime soon. So who's Roman's opponent going to be at a uh, night of champions? Is it going to be AJ? AJ possibly. I, I, you know, maybe Bobby, I think maybe bad bunny. Really? Can you, I mean, bad bunny beats Damian priest in Puerto Rico, dude, they did Logan Paul in the desert. Why wouldn't they do bad bunny versus Roman Reigns? <laughs> maybe you think that's a, you think that's a big enough uh, draw for the Saudi show? Yes. Really? Oh, Bad Bunny's an international. He's a bigger star than Logan Paul. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, the Saudi crowd is kind of interesting because sometimes they really want the nostalgia stuff, um, but then sometimes they don't. I I don't know what to make of the Saudi shows, and we've been doing them for what, like four years now. That's the thing is, like, you you're not gonna get like a feud. You're not getting like a program with Roman. And there's the nah. thing is, there's so much, there's so little time between Backlash and Saudi. It's like, who do you have to build up for Roman? I, it's like, it's either it's either Bad Bunny, maybe Rey Mysterio, right? He's got to win some matches, doesn't he? <laughs> I don't think it really matters. <laughs> By the way, Sky Buddy said, Jesus Christ, I hope not. I'm sorry. I'm just reading the tea leaves the best I can. And uh, our first Twitch write-in from Noob & Co. Hey, Nick and Phil, how are you doing tonight? Thank you, Noob, for Going on, Noob. here. You're a good guy, Noob. Noob, Noob is uh is an Oscar fan, if I remember correctly. Um, Oscar got drafted to SmackDown. Um, wonder what they're gonna do with her. She's been off TV since the loss at uh, WrestleMania. Um, well, she's on SmackDown. Like I said, what I was surprised by was the LWO. You have Cruz Del Toro getting drafted ahead of Oscar and like Liv Morgan and 
all these like if you're Cruz del Toro right now or Joaquin Wild, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. That's a much higher draft. <laughs> I'm, think, I'm thinking that's a much better draft pick than you were anticipating just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I thought the same thing uh, on night one. Like, and I guess it just had a, the pools uh, evened out. But Riddle wasn't on TV for weeks, and he got drafted pretty high on night one. I was like, you're you're prioritizing Riddle over like somebody like Robbins on night one? That's kind of odd. I don't like him in the short trunks. No, it it looks like they're too small. He kind of looks naked some of the time. <laughs> they, I don't know. I I I think we got used to like the fight trunks kind of. Um, but yeah, no, it it they look too small. It looks weird. They look too small, and they look they're not like brightly. They're like kind of flesh tony. Like <laughs> he he looks naked some of the time to me. Yeah, it is. Uh... Yeah, it's a lot. I don't know what to make of it. All right. Well, here, let's take a we'll do a couple quick observations here about the draft. Um, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap up here in a bit. Um, because we probably, we have what have we done here so far? I don't know. Uh SmackDown got all of the bloodline in the end. Everybody wound up back uh over on SmackDown. Does that surprise you, Phil? No. I, I think this was unnecessary manufacturer suspense for the Usos. Everybody knew they were going to end up on the same brand. Um, I don't think anybody really bought into them being split up. Yeah. Um, we also then, of course, on the Raw side, you're going to get Cody, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, that trio staying together on mm -hmm. the same brand. The Judgment Day, the other big faction on that brand. Rollins on that brand. I mean, I I, I thought that there's some good... I, I kind of I kind of dig the the raw flavor. And maybe it's knowing that like, I've seen so much of the Roman reigns on SmackDown stuff. It doesn't feel like new to me anymore. I'm interested to see what these guys can do over on raw. You know, if they get some time away to create some new storylines and things like that. Yeah. I definitely like if you're building a world title scene, I think raw did a very good job on of both nights of getting like Nakamura and, and Gunther and Drew McIntyre on raw and then getting Finn on, on, on raw as well. I think whoever is the first champion, he's got a nice list of opponents. And Trish Stratus getting taken in the fourth. You'd think she'd go higher. You'd think she'd go higher than Cruz del Toro, but you would be wrong, my friend. Cruz del Toro was apparently the prize pick of the night. Um, but no, I was surprised to see Trish is drafted. That means she's going to be sticking around, I guess, longer than we thought. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, because I think Sapp had said something about how she was planned through the summer. So she's going to be around at least a couple more months. But uh, her, uh, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, but then over on the SmackDown side, carrying Cross Scarlet and LA Knight, Impact Wrestling uh, gets the fourth round headed over to the blue brand. I'm happy. I'm happy for those picks because I think there were certainly talent on the bubble that are mm -hmm. on the bubble that, you know, they need to know I have a place here. And I think these are talents that definitely like deserved a formal draft pick to kind of solidify themselves, you know, yeah. eh, better off than I thought they'd be, honestly. Yeah, um, I'm interested in what they're going to do with L.A. Knight because it does seem like he's getting more and more over every week. It does feel like they've got to give him something big soon. Maybe he's the next U.S. champion or, I don't know, something. No tag teams got broke up, did they? No. no. Right? No, they kept uh, they kept Alpha Academy together. They kept uh, Street Profits together on night one. Okay. So no, we didn't. Um, so the free agents coming out of night one were Omas, Mustafa Ali, Dolph Ziggler, and Von Wagner, who I didn't know Von was. I, th I just kind of assumed all of NXT was in the pool. Wasn't Von Wagner a free agent after night one, too? He was. This is These are the night one free oh, agents. So sorry. this is, I don't know who it is. I think they're picking them right now over on Peacock right now. I think there's the auxiliary draft going on. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like some what? of these, some of these people, Tamina Snuka was a name I've heard flying around that like, they don't really kind of know what, what's going on with her at the moment. She popped up backstage at a uh, Impact Wrestling supporting Trin and uh, was there with Mercedes and and Punk, so she's a name I haven't seen pop up here tonight. She's somebody I'd be interested to see what happens with in the next coming week or so. Yeah, maybe so. I yeah. don't know. All right. Um, well, that's going to break here. I got, wait, Noob, Noob wrote what is essentially an, an, oddest, an, an opus here, considering some of the feedback we've got. So I'll give him some love here before we wrap it up. He says, the, LWR are the LWO are still cannon fodder, at least. I'm glad that Asuka, Charlotte, and Eosky are on the same show. Maybe Asuka team up with Charlotte Flair or EO Sky. Yeah. I'm not sure what they're going to do with the division now that you've uh, kind of swapped swapped brands with the titles. I hope we don't get another goofy title swap. Um, that sounds awful. 
maybe EO's gonna win the championship at at Backlash, and then they're gonna have to like maybe move her back to Raw. I don't know. Maybe this is leading to a damage control split. I don't know. I don't know what to make of any of this. I think they're just gonna flip the belts. I think you're gonna get the thing you don't want. I think they're just of course, gonna... of course, because it's WWE, and they'll always find a way to give you something you don't want. It, it'll be Charlotte dropping the belt, right? Only this time it'll be Rhea oh. dropping the belt and Bianca Belair looking so disappointed. I, I, I think there's a terrible way to build up Bianca having like this record-breaking reign to just end it with a title swap. That that makes no sense. Isn't that but isn't that what happened with Becky's too? Like, didn't she have some super long reign that like or was it was like her or Charlotte or like Charlotte? It might have been the Street Profits. I think the Street Profits were the longest reigning. Raw, oh, that's what Raw I'm thinking champions. of. And then it got ended by them swapping the belts with New Day. But then with Charlotte too, that what I'm thinking of is a different argument, which is so when you draw, when you get, if you go from being SmackDown to Raw, champ, do you have a new title reign? Yeah. So does it just add an extra title reign to how many world title reigns you've had? Yes. Yeah, because yes. Charlotte's got 14 now. I think that's dumb as shit. It is dumb. That's stupid. I, I just yeah, you created your own issue. Like watching the Rhea stuff with her getting moved back to Raw, it just made me think. Okay, well. Why didn't you just do Rhea versus Bianca at WrestleMania and you would have just had her as Raw Women's Champion anyway? Like why why did you why did you do things this way and create this unnecessary mess for yourself? It's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could have just ran Charlotte Oscar too at WrestleMania instead. Yeah. You know what I think I'm gonna do with this audio, Phil? Because it's like not long enough to release as like a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna release it as like a bonus track on the House of Wrestling thing tomorrow so like if you tune in tomorrow i'll be like and if you hang around after the show you can hear something phil Lindsay and i did very late at night and it'll be like a bonus for everybody sounds cool sounds <laughs> mysterious i don't know <laughs> unique i don't know i'm just kind of throwing things around this is fun i want to have you back in a <laughs> <laughs> in a meaningful way phil i guess yeah not something like <laughs> random live at, at night yeah to be, you know, this. My wife is out of town. She's on a business trip. I had already asked Phil to come over. When I realized it was just going to be Phil and I, that's when I was like, "Well, maybe we could try work stuff." I'm not drinking during the week anymore. Shock by how clear I am right now talking to you at this hour. So this was just—it was supposed to always just be whatever it was. So this is yeah. this is fine. This is what it is. Yeah, do you want to promote? Do you want to promote anything? Uh, sure. Um, Grapsodies on Saturdays at noon Eastern on fightful youtube channel um it's gonna be odd getting used to not saying with me and will washington and righteous reds because it's currently now me and righteous reds change man change coming changes everybody um well i'm i'm at nick underscore houseman at wrestling house thanks so much for uh thanks so much for for coming in and like participating in this if you're if you are in the chat room right now and like engage this you're a hardcore house of wrestling fan and i love you for it um this will go on the audio feed tomorrow um while i have your attention 7 a.m eastern i got this joey janela interview that's going to be hitting the airwaves it is 45 minutes long it is very very newsy and it's going to be an aggregator's delight so i just <laughs> wanted to uh let everybody know that's going out there all right that's it everybody grab your coats get your shoes Take whatever you want. Put it in takeout box. It's time to go home, everybody. It's just too late in the evening. Thank you all so much for coming by the House of Wrestling, everybody. You're welcome back. Anytime.